You are exactly right. You are exactly right. Well, let's let's go ahead and dig a little deeper, and uh, we'll just ask questions as we have have the availability. If something comes to mind and you think it's relevant to this topic, just ask it out. Um, I am Cindy Boston, Vice President of Heartbeat here uh, in Columbus, Ohio. We are a global international pregnancy up organization okay so if you've been to a pregnancy center if you've seen a pregnancy center we have more than 3,300 of those across the world uh, I started at heartbeat seven years ago but I used to live in Springfield Missouri Mecca of the Assemblies of God and I started a pregnancy help center there with a, a group of Baptists and Catholics and we were all going somebody should be doing something about this and then all of a sudden we're like oh I guess it's us I guess we should be doing that, you know. <laughs> and then pretty soon you're quitting your filthy capital uh, lucrative job. Uh, you're, you're saying yes to things you couldn't believe you were saying yes to, much like what you do in what you're doing in ministry. And God begins pouring out his blessing. When I left Springfield, um, there were more than 9,000 children whose mothers had either thought abortion was her option or she was determined that it was her option and those children were alive and well in Springfield Missouri when I drove away for the the last time of my tenure there and I drove away at midnight I'll never I took a picture of the sign I thought 9,000 children are in classrooms because I said yes so this is what we do we say yes when God shows us something we say yes when he keeps laying the path for us now granted sometimes there's like an inch that you have to go and, and then another inch sometimes you don't have all that information ahead but I will tell you if you don't have a pregnancy center in your community and you know there's uh, things happening within your community where women will have to make a pregnancy decision I I invite you to investigate and we would happy, be happy to help you at Heartbeat uh, look at how to start a pregnancy help center. Uh, they are the next best thing since sliced bread for the women that we help. They actually help change the hearts and minds of women and men. And I've, I could tell you, I have people in full-time ministry now <clears throat> who came to our center in Springfield who are now in full-time ministry. They had an unplanned pregnancy. They almost chose abortion, but they found love and care at our pregnancy center, and that was the key for them and and they said yes to life and then they said yes to God and and their situation has not stopped it's beautiful to see how God changes people and we get to be a part of that post our world it, it's a crazy thing definitely crazy I want to tell you about Wendy Wendy is a um, she was a 43 year old mother she gives me permission to share her story from Springfield Missouri in that general region she actually lived in a rural community she went to small country church and she came to our mobile medical clinic which we have a lot of those now and she said I can't do this I have an abortion appointment set in two days I think this was Friday she had it set in for Monday and she said I have to terminate this pregnancy she said and we asked her why and she said well the Christian community is is um, gonna judge me I was like "Ooh, there it is there it is and uh, she was not wrong but let me tell you we brought her back we did a full intake we did a pregnancy test and we did her ultrasound and uh, not only did one baby pop up but two and you know the Holy Spirit wakes those babies up when we have an ultrasound on their belly it just it's just what what happens and uh, this is what happened she had 
a son in college, a son in high school, and then here she is pregnant with two children with a man she had dated for two years, but he was no, no way was he going to do this pregnancy with her. No way was he going to, he was just going to pay for it and disappear. He didn't want her anymore. He had used and abused her, and now he's gone. So Wendy had to build her courage, uh, and she did that several times so as soon as she saw the baby she wept and she said I can't do this I know God's showing me these babies because he wants me to continue the pregnancy I know they're made in his image I know I was just being stupid well then she went she told somebody at her church what was happening and they condemned her so what did she do she rescheduled that abortion appointment and it was our nurse director who on a Sunday night thought of Wendy and said, I'm just going to call her. Well, Wendy had an abortion appointment set that next day. And, and Cheryl said to her, now, Wendy, let's not have you go there until you get another ultrasound just to make sure your pregnancy is still moving forward. we got to make sure you have an intact pregnancy before you go have an abortion. So she, of course, she fell all in love with those babies again, and we walked with her that whole pregnancy. Now, the Christian community there in that small town, I I could have gone and licked all of them because they were not accepting and loving her. The sin has happened. I'm sorry, but the sin has already happened. Can we love people back into the kingdom or do we judge them back into the kingdom, which doesn't usually work, right? We, we had to love her, and our center took her under our wing. She wept when I resigned at the center because she's like, you're the one person, you and the ladies here at the center, You've been with me this whole journey, and you love me for who I am. And I said, of course we do. Jesus loves you for who you are as well. But here's the rest of the story. She, she bought a farm. She re-tools uh, re old furniture and sells them at high-end places in Kansas City and Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they live on a farm, and those girls are all cowgirl. <laughs> now, they almost didn't get to this earth. They almost didn't make it. But a pregnancy center in Springfield, Missouri was available when she needed it most. And she drove by and saw our free ultrasound sign on the side of the mobile unit. That's what saved their lives. So don't discount how God can use you and your church to partner with Heartbeat or to partner with the local center to change the trajectory of lives, to preserve the branches on family trees. Wendy is a real deal. And she wouldn't trade those babies for anything now. All right. Since Roe. Now, I was telling um, somebody from Convoy of Hope was talking to me about the battle with Roe versus Wade and all that. And we were very involved in all of that. Heartbeat submitted an amicus brief, both in the Becerra case and then the case that overturned Roe in June. And our, our, um, our attorney was having her fourth baby when um, the lawsuit was um, put in place and the Supreme Court decided to accept our, um, our united effort to get Roe overturned. Uh, it began in Mississippi and, and we were part of that. And she had just had her baby when our brief was coming due. And um, she said, I'm typing up our brief, comparing what Roe was. Roe was all about women can't have babies and work too. Women can't have babies and have a life too. Women are disempowered by motherhood and they're empowered by opportunity and jobs. Well, here she is. She's got a newborn. 
sitting on her shoulder and she's typing her brief and let me tell you it was snarky it was fun she you could find it on uh, the internet if you wanted but but she's she cries as she's typing her brief saying women no longer have to feel alone we have 2,000 centers that will welcome them in, that will help them find everything from diapers and wipes and maternity clothes to help them enroll in school, to fixing their cars, to walking that, them through a life coaching process where they can retool their lives. That's what, that's what we do. But when Roe versus Wade was beginning to, you know, they had to leak, they released information, and then it, it, the attacks started then. And it was all in the name of Ruth um, Bader Ginsburg, right? Uh, it was all in her name is how the tasks have come of late. But we were there. We were celebrating. And legislators were walking and giving vehement words. They were speaking evil. They were, they were talking about how we're robbing women. But I always remember Danielle patting her newborn and then typing the words, 2,000 centers, no woman is alone anymore if we can get her to a center. And then we had prayer, and then they started the threats. That is how this whole thing played out. And, and we could not have imagined the level of evil that we have seen. Um, you know, I told you about our bank account being attacked every day. We've had centers bombed. Um, it's an answer to 50 years of prayer to overturn Roe. This is the thing I've worked most of my adult life for. But it set off a firestorm of attacks. So just know that if you do identify as pro-life, if you do identify with the fact that moms deserve more than one choice, you might, you might be called out on that. But it doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. We are righteous and holy people who should call it like it is. All right, this is just one of the centers that have been attacked. Uh, we have more than, we have almost 200 centers that have been attacked uh, since Roe. Uh, we have lots of footage and cameras, uh, footage, but you know, uh, the FBI has only caught one set of people. I don't, I don't even understand that because we went in and we everybody was installing camera footage they were they were doing all the right things but they've only caught one so far now that seems extraordinarily shocking but the reality is we can't count on anybody to protect us other than our maker right let's get down to the basics every child represents the image of God and if that is true then every unborn child has a face that represents our holy maker now, if you go all the way back to Exodus, Exodus 1, the Hebrew midwives, they risk their lives to save the children. Now, we don't have to do it well, not very much. <laughs> I will say it's felt a little precarious at times when I've been in D.C. and different things. But we have had threats, but we don't have to give our lives literally every day that we do our work. The Hebrew midwives, when they were delivering those babies, were like, oh, I don't know, they were born way too fast. We couldn't stop it. They made sure that they saved the Hebrew nation, the Hebrew babies. And I, I think if they did that, we can certainly speak up for the unborn. We could certainly make sure our churches are talking about this. And I'm not saying one Sunday. I know, and, and forgive me for giving this analogy, but the Baptists, they talk about sanctity of human life four Sundays in a row. 
I'm like, ooh, let's get that going, assemblies. Because I'm telling you, if you meet somebody who's going to Sunday school in a Baptist church like that, they know about the value of life because they had it four Sundays in January. At least that's how it's been for like 20 years when I've been there speaking at their churches. Just know the more you enlighten people, the more you help them understand that every child represents the face of God, the more you help them understand that, that we're ready to help any woman who has this situation. When you're stepping into that, God is going to send you people. You're going to help save those babies. You're going to help save the mamas. I can't tell you the number of women who tell us I was going to end my life after I had an abortion. But you helped save me because you brought me hope again. Now that's what the churches should be all about. Yes. The hopeless, right? That's where we're headed. All right, what do we need to do now? That's really the title of the session. Well, anything. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. Get involved. We need to pray. You know, if you leave here today, how about going to your pastor how about going to your leadership team and saying could we pray about how we could do something could we get involved in this because we're getting left behind if we're not involved if you guys aren't supporting heartbeat or a pregnancy center that's number one make sure they can open their doors make sure they can actually do the work and then present thank you arnold for saying presenting this subject should be woven in the fabric of sermons throughout the year. It shouldn't be like, today is Sanctity of Human Life, and that's the only day we talk about this. It should be something that as you see the beauty of the unborn, as you see the weaving of God's hands creating a human, we should talk about these things. We should make sure, because I'll tell you what, I had... Um, we worked in schools and we did pregnancy help ministry and by the time I left I think it was more than 250,000 young people had heard something from our pregnancy center and then if you multiply that times then we had over 100 churches that supported our center and then if you multiply that by all the people who could talk a decent language about the value of life those women when they're in trouble and if the pastor's up there saying remember we love you if you're in trouble please please let us know we want to be there for you and pastors have asked me well what else can we do i'm like pay her rent that's what you can do help get her stable help her understand that you're going to help her with your car if she is faithfully coming to church if she is interacting with you that you are all in this is I've seen so many situations, thousands of women who are in desperate situations, and if the church would have intervened. But I've seen hundreds of churches intervene, too. I've seen it work. I saw one, one class, this young lady had lots of promise, but she just had one bad decision after another, after a terrible life being raised. And she actually, she, she accepted Christ, her, her loving volunteer mentor at the center invited her to church. She went to church and went to Sunday school with the mentor. And the Sunday school class said, well, what are you doing with your life? Where are you headed? And she goes, I'd love to go back to school. I really think I could be a doctor, but I don't know how I'm going to do that. She also had twins. I don't know how I'll do that with twins. And they said, well, how about if we help babysit your babies while you go to night classes? She is now a physician's assistant, 
and helping others she volunteered at the center that's the power of this depth of love that's where we go and if you're partner with organizations now I want to make sure you understand what Harpy can do for you um, and this is a shameless plug because every day Heartbeat uh, has more than 1,100 conversations with women who are either looking at their options, their pregnancy options, or their abortion shopping. I want to know where I can get an abortion. 1,100. Sometimes the day after Christmas, we had 2,300 inquiries at our option line. Option line is a 24-7 help center. I've got business cards back there. You could take one. If you need more, we'll get you more. Um, but Option Line is the first place of reference because a mom can call there, a grandma or the mother of the, the pregnant mom, you know, the in-law, potential in-laws, um, the friends can call in, and we can guide them through some crucial uh, crisis intervention to get her to help because help is usually nearby. It's usually closer than the mall. It's, they don't have to drive an hour. Like if I want to go to a concert in Cleveland, I got to drive a couple hours. It's not that far. It's close by. Abortion Pill Rescue Network. Did you know we can actually reverse an abortion now? Is that surprising to you? I think in every congregation, every audience we talk with, we learn that abortion chemical abortion what they call medication abortion we call it chemical abortion because it kills children so it's all I know uh, abortion pill rescue network is available 24 7 to help a young mom reverse her chemical abortion if we can reach her within 72 hours and I've got information on the table for you if we can reach her within 72 hours we have a strong chance of rescuing the life of her child now, the Lord delivered that program into our hands in 2018, and we refined it. We got some Texas folks who said, we're all in. They gave us a big, big grant to help get it stabilized and get everything online, make sure we had enough 40 nurses. And, I mean, it's a big deal. It's all run right out of here, out of Columbus. But Abortion Pill Rescue Network is intervening on, for the lives of the unborn every hour of every day and those calls come in through option line and whether they're just calling for general inquiry or they're they're not sure what they're going to do or if they're in crisis pregnancy but if they're taking actively chemical abortion we can help them if we get them there quickly don't wait if you hear somebody that's taken that i spoke to somebody the other day <laughs> i was a grandfather in texas he called and he said hey i see online that you can reverse an abortion we're like yes it's time is of the essence, and he he helped to save his grandchild. I had a woman in, in um, Pennsylvania, nearby, who her daughter was in a difficult marriage situation, and she had taken chemical abortion, had not told mom, who was a PA, physician's assistant, and uh, the, the, the other sister said, we got to tell mom. So they told mom. Mom called us and said, hey, I see you have this thing. Could I help reverse the abortion of my daughter? And she saved her granddaughter's life. I mean, it's powerful. Now, only God would have put that in our hands, let us get it settled 
for a couple of years. Then we have 2020 crazy and chemical abortions rise up like crazy. And then now we have the ability to meet women where they at, are at. Chemical, chemical abortion is 65% to 80% of all abortions now, probably closer to 80. It's easy, quick. But the, the pharmacy becomes the abortion clinic and her home becomes the place she finishes an abortion. Can you imagine finishing an abortion, holding your unborn child? That's what's happening. It's a horrific process. Yes? Already, yes, she could not have retrieved that or saved that. Yeah. That's right. That's isn't that like the Lord to bring that her to you? I love that. I love, love, love it. It's this is an incredible process. Christians, we have the light of the world going through us in how we do things, how we teach our kids, how we lead our young people, how we lead women's ministry, how we coach our, our congregations through. He gave us this resource. It's in incredible. Uh, in Springfield, Missouri, when I started the center there, there were more than a thousand abortions happening, um, and the abortion uh, the abortion building coordinator, she ran the whole program. She told me, she said, "Oh yeah, Evangel and SBU and all those are our best customers because girls were afraid to tell anybody because they knew they'd be booted out of school. So we got to fix those kinds of things too. She's going to be hauled up front and." Humiliated? I don't know. I don't think that's the way to go for somebody who's just said yes to saving the life of their child. I think we really need to think about how are we going to love these women into the kingdom? How are we going to make them feel so safe that if this happens to them, they will come to us? And I've seen it time and time again, the churches that are really talking about this well, that are talking about it compassionately, that are saying, if you have a situation, we want to help. We are here for you. Let's look at who she is. <clears throat> who is she? Gen Z. She's Gen Z. She's in that, you know, 12 to 30 year old range. That's probably not the perfect age range, but she's about like that. Now, now she's got some interesting characteristics from when I was a teenager or a young woman, right? She moves quickly, she scrolls quickly. She's got three to 10 second attention span, and the 10 is being generous, right? So you're gonna have to be strategic in how your youth ministries and your missionettes and your role rangers are talking about this. You gotta make impact. You gotta speak words that they're gonna remember and get them on, like, are you listening? Are you listening? Yeah, get them there, re-engage them, because this is life or death. And I'm telling you, abortion wounds men and women. I don't, I don't know how else to say it other than it's the most horrendous grief I've ever seen. I've experienced a lot of grief in my lifetime, uh, things that I never thought would happen to me. But it doesn't compare to the grief that a mom who has terminated her own child. Uh, the world sold her a package of goods that it's quick, it's easy, but we've got to talk about this. We've got to make sure that we are not hiding that information, that we're not like soft-selling it, you are loved. 
You are part of us. We are with you. That is your message. Okay, we have some personas here. And um, let's see, I want to make sure I'm keeping my eye on my time. What time am I supposed to be done? I'm not a detailist. 12.30. So I've got 15 minutes, and then we'll do 15 of uh, questions. I wanted to give you these personas. Okay, Nevaeh, she's 16, single mom. She has a single mom. She's an urban city dweller, so she has probably a home that was built in 1920. Her older sister had a baby out of wedlock. Her dad is absent. She hasn't seen him in years. This is just one of the women who we have five personas, four women and one man that we've done a boatload of research and we're getting ready, we're creating some advertisements and we're going to do some test markets and then we're going to go national. Um, Google and, and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok will not let us advertise Abortion Pill Rescue Network because it's unscientific apparently. I don't know, we have more than 4,000 children whose lives have been saved through that who are actually living and breathing on this earth. But I don't know. They say it's unscientific, so I don't know. I don't know. So we're going to have to get creative on our advertising, and that's what we're getting ready to do. Joanna, 18 years old. She's from a medium-sized city. She's a blue-collar community. Um, there's a high unemployment rate because a lot of the jobs have left. She, um, drugs and alcohol are very prevalent. Methamphetamines especially are in her community. No financial support or guidance from her parents. Um, her dad's an alcoholic. She wants to go to community college. She desperately wants to get out of poverty, but she's not sure how to do it. She's not going to be able to get there unless she has somebody come alongside her. Now, who is the perfect group of people to do that? The church. Yes, Evan, suburb football star. Uh, he's being recruited by um, colleges. He's raised in a con uh, Protestant home, but he doesn't connect to that faith at all. He's con cautiously sexual because he has goals and a future in his mind. And um, he is cautious, though. Thank you, Jesus, for men like Evan that are cautious. We don't see a lot of that in the, the situation that we work with. Danielle. Um, she is, um, she attends a university, she's from an evangelical home, she has a stable background where her parents were both present, they had healthy interactions. Uh, boyfriend keeps pressuring her though. He keeps saying, you know, I need to go there, I, I, you know, I love you, let's do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, she's trying to balance her values with her relationship, which is, it's really pulling at the seams for her right now. And then Rosario, she's 15, poor city life, uh, Catholic, first-generation American. She's, uh, she's seen pregnancy scares among her friends. She attends a charter school uh, with high school placement and would be the first person in her family to attend college. But she has a high probability of having an unplanned pregnancy quickly. Um, these are all five risk factors. Now, there are many. This is just the five that we're leading. We interviewed thousands of young people across the nation to form the five personas that we're going to advertise to. Interestingly, they value honesty, like tell me like it is. So there you go. There's your get out of jail free pass. Tell it like it is from the platform. Tell your pastor, please. Tell everybody else in that other room. Tell it like it is because young people today, they do appreciate it. 
So why are we hesitant? Because our generation wasn't like, well, kind of, can you make that sound a little nicer? <laughs> you know, We need to tell it like it is to these young people. They want to see vulnerability. I think one of the things that I've heard from ministry leaders in the past is like, well, I have a sexual history. I don't want to talk about that. So get some counseling and then begin talking about it because you cannot afford not to be talking about this subject. It is vital that we are speaking about who we are and what's happened. They appreciate vulnerability and say, I didn't always make the right mistakes. You don't have to give everything. Just, I, I remember at one time at a school, we had a mom that came in and said, I don't really want my daughter to be in your classes because she said, I'm gay, but my daughter doesn't know that. And we're like, you don't have to tell her you're gay just because she's attending our classes. I mean, there was just like, it brings guilt and shame into people's lives. We don't want that. We want them to know about the ability to choose well. We want to show vulnerability when it's appropriate, and they like humor. So make sure your messaging can be usable by this generation, by those four personas. Why abortion? Uh, why do women choose abortion? That would have been a good question for earlier. Messages of abortion industry. The abortion industry has billions of dollars. Um, it's, it's interesting because if you combine all the budgets of all the pregnancy help centers, I mean, it's like 2% of what Planned Parenthood has. It's crazy. But God keeps doing his thing. He does not disappoint. It's acceptable in today's world. Abortion is acceptable. In fact, if I work for any major company, I can probably go to them and say, I need an abortion, and they'll probably fly me somewhere to get that abortion. A spa-like experience. There's even cruise ships that have abortions available, so you can have a, an abortion and a spa-like experience on a cruise. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to deal with that, but it's happening. The abortion industry is doing everything they can. She is desperate to get rid of her problem. You know, when you have a problem, a lot of times you want to rush in. And because of chemical abortion, now I've worked in the pregnancy help community third, almost 30 years. It used to be we had two or three weeks. Now we have two or three days before she makes her decision and acts upon it. Because mail-order abortion is alive and well, and she is going to suffer many consequences and I don't say that from a judgment place but I've seen too many women who go through abortion and I'm telling you it seems to be this quick fix but it leaves a lifelong heartache now that grandpa in Texas that I met with um, two weeks ago he said I said to my son and you know his girlfriend who was pregnant he said I want you to know if you finish this abortion, you very well, very well may have lifelong heartache. Very well might have that. Now, they listened to him, and good for them that they did listen to him. But where does that kind of a comment come from? It's probably very personal. Either he drove a girlfriend to an abortion and regrets it, or he had somebody who he had been with who aborted and didn't tell him, or he knows somebody who has had lifelong heartache 
who's close to him. He has a very personal connection to abortion. I'm not sure what it is. I didn't ask. Um, he started supporting Heartbeat a couple hundred dollars a month because he's like, I want to help the next guy make, you know, make a better decision. I want to help that. And that's the kind of thing we have the power to do. We can influence these young people if we're speaking the right language and if we know what their needs are. They don't see the potential lifetime of regret of an abortion decision. So that is something you need to be speaking about as well. Um, at Pregnancy Care Center in Springfield, I was sitting near a woman who brought her daughter in, 16-year-old daughter. She had an unplanned pregnancy. Mom was hysterical. And I said, oh, oh, let's pull mom aside in a different room. Sure enough, mom had had an abortion at 16. So it was all flooding up. And she was sitting in Central Assembly of God, kind of the headquarters, you know, church of the Assemblies of God in Springfield, Missouri. She had never told anybody. Now, now, if we'd have opened up the opportunity, maybe she would have gotten healing sooner. She eventually came through our programs and, and found really great healing. I mean, there's a series of things you can do to really open your heart to healing on after abortion care. But but she was sitting there suffering and nobody knew it because she didn't feel okay to tell anybody. And so we should be opening up this topic and talking about it. Heartbeat has resources. They're available for free, many of them. Uh, your pregnancy centers nearby have that. Surgical abortion, it's, it's almost a thing of the past. And the reason why, I mean, they have to have surgical facility stuff here. They have to have all kinds of um, policies and staff on site. Not anymore with chemical abortion. It's a fast cash cow for them. It costs the same for surgical and chemical. Sometimes chemical is more, and I'm like, what's that about? Because really, the abortion pill pack is just a few, maybe 10 or $15 total. But if, if you call to get that, it's going to be four, five, six hundred $600. And they're going to encourage you to buy a pill pack, like 10 of them. That way they're just handy. I don't know. I don't want a handy abortion. <laughs> I, I don't think that's healthy. Can abortion pill be reversed? Absolutely. And this is our website, so you have that accessible. You can refer women there. Can the abortion pill be reversed? Yes. Women feel extreme regret. They, they um, can reverse their abortion. Time is crucial. And we have progesterone. That is the treatment we do not see. Um, mutilated children or children with lots of disabilities. We don't see that. God protects those babies. He protects his, his uh, image. Statistics show more than 4,000 children have been saved through our abortion pill reversal process. Uh, medication abortion, it's self-managed abortion, and it's also a DIY abortion. She can do it anywhere. She can take the abortion pill and go back to work. Well, who wants to do that? I mean, th this is how they sell it. Oh, it's medication. It's no problem. The risks are great. Uh, 4,000 adverse re uh, reactions in two years. 4,000, 1,000 of those were hospitalized. That's what you need to know. You need to make sure people understand this in your classrooms, in your youth groups. They need to know that they have four times the risk of complications more than a surgical abortion, which has its own set of complications. Women are promised they can stay home during their abortion, but they must monitor their symptoms and decide to seek when to seek emergency care. Now, if you've ever had major surgery, were you a good person to be assessing 
if you needed care or aspirin or if you needed to elevate your foot or if you needed to get up and walk around, were you the best person to assess that right after surgery? Uh-uh. So, so this is, this is, they are taking all liability away from the abortion industry. And she, well, she just didn't go to the ER. I don't know. It, this is not healthy for moms. And, and um, Dr. James Studnicki, I think this is important. Uh, they have a disproportionate contribution to emergency room morbidity, and it's a serious problem, a serious public health threat. Chemical abortion is not safe. Okay, what does she need? This is where we're going to land. She needs acceptance, she needs options, she needs support, she needs belonging, and she needs control of her life. We always try to keep the mom in the driver's seat of her life. You should do that too. Don't tell her what to do. Ask those key questions. And I've got a book in the back. If you want to buy one, $10 cash, I'll, you, know, you can take one home with you called The Love Approach. It's a loving way. Yeah. My wonderful husband holding it up back there. It's a loving way to work a woman through an unplanned pregnancy. This is actually, this curriculum, some of the information is free online, theloveapproachbook.com, and you can go in there and see more information. You could order this and train your um, volunteer mentors and counselors at your church, people who are working other people through crisis. It's a wonderful tool. But, you know, none of us want to be told what to do when we're in a crisis. We're like... I want all the information that I'm going to decide, right? That's what she needs. Churches combined with pregnancy help organizations like Heartbeat and Pregnancy Centers save the life of a mom and child. Do you want to be a hero? This is hero stuff. I mean, when you see a child walking around, that's hero stuff. When you know you had some small part of that, saving that life, it's amazing. Pregnancy Centers... They're, they have quality training. They do crisis intervention, education and referrals, and long-term support. Now, as a church staff member, why would I not want to work with my local pregnancy help center or heartbeat to make sure all of these things happen? These pregnancy centers, they give so much. Thank you, thank you. I've lived it. I mean, it's 24-7 sometimes, just like church work. But they need volunteers, they need staff, they need referrals, they need prayer, and they need your funds. They need a stipend of giving. I used to have uh, churches that would buy all my clients Christmas gifts. I used to have another church that would come in, and for Valentine's Day, they'd give them like a little lotion and devotional, and they would take care of, I had at any given time, 400 clients. They were like, we're in. We're going we're gonna to turn on your lights, and we're going to bless her. There's all kinds of opportunity. Love approach, here we go. Listen and learn, open options, vision and values, and extend and empower. This is the core of how we work with these young women. This works. This is how you can work with anybody who's in a crisis. If you listen and learn about what their problem is, and then you say, well, what are your options? What are you thinking about? Are there anything other options that you might consider? And you can give something if they're totally missing it. Vision and values. If you say to them, where do you want to go? What do you want to do in five years? How can we get you there? We'd love to help that. And if you say to them, how does your faith work with all this? Sometimes that's the key indicator. They have faith, but they haven't pulled it out of their heart yet. They haven't gone, oh yeah, I need to consider my faith as I'm making this decision. They're just hiding it. 
and then extending in power. What can you do as a church, as a women's ministry group, as a men's ministry group? What can you do to extend and empower young people? And this is like we see pregnancies at 12 years old. We see crisis pregnancy all the way up to 45. This is not only a teenage problem. This is really the average age of a, a woman we work with often is 21, 22, 23. It's getting an older population now because women who are in their late 30s that get pregnant often be like, yeah, I got rid of my stroller. I don't think I want to do this. I got a nice job now. I'm thinking they might have some regret. If At least they need to know there are other options. This is Ashley and baby Thalen. She said, I reversed my abortion. That's mission impossible. What are the chances you would find somebody that wants to help you? Every night I lay down and I thank God that I'm uh, God and I let him know that I'm thankful for my baby. That's the power. She had her baby, um, I think that was 21. This is Atticus. His mom needed hope. She found hope after taking chemical abortion. This is Addison. Her daddy, uh, her mom married after she was born, and her daddy is um, high up in, I, I believe he's in the Air Force. What a miracle that is, right? She is loved. I could show you pictures. She is loved and cherished. She almost didn't make it. <laughs> this is Zachariah. He found a new love of being in a musical over Christmas and he was so excited every night he got to go to choir practice and rehearse for this play like he wouldn't have been here had it not been for abortion pill reversal he loves Jesus too and this is baby serenity she's a COVID baby her mama found out she was pregnant Lots of complicating factors. If I could go into them, you wouldn't believe it. But she was on the West Coast. She took the first abortion pill because she was like, I got three other kids. I can't do this. This guy had promised to have a long-term relationship with her, and then he walked away when she found out she's pregnant. And, and she went to bed after taking the chemical abortion, cried herself to sleep, woke up, and her alarm started playing. She said, I always have hip-hop music on in the morning, but for some reason it turned to a gospel song. And she said, I listened to the gospel song, and I realized Jesus was speaking right to me. So she called our helpline. She Googled, how can I reverse my abortion? She found us. We got her within a few hours, got her the abortion pill pack. She was actually getting on a flight to move that next day. She got on her flight. We had a doctor there who's a volunteer doctor in California. She got on a flight, went to Tampa. And we got her a doctor there and a pregnancy center there to help mentor her along. I'm thinking there was purpose waiting for serenity. She was designed very specifically. And God saved her. You can be a part of that. Being that conduit to and from the local center. Being that conduit to Option Line and Abortion Pill Rescue Network. You can be a part of it. And your congregation, if they know, they could do it too. There's a few resources there. The one thing I hadn't put on your sheet is the Pregnancy Help Podcast. It's on just the regular podcast app. Um, I listened to something um, this week that was on um, sexual health. 
and some of the latest data, it, it's just really incredible. And how women have a superpower. They have a superpower if they will hold off, if they will say not yet, they can actually help create desire in the man to want to commit permanently. If we say yes right away, it's gone. The brain chemicals just change. But if she will continue to say yes. So this you've got a lot of work you can do at your church to support young people in their decisions. You've got a lot of work that you could do to support young moms who might find themselves pregnant unexpectedly. There's a lot you can do to uh, have that conduit to and from your local church to the pregnancy center in your neighborhood, to and from Heartbeat, whatever you want to do there. But there's much to do. Abortion is on the rise. It's the first time it's on the rise uh, two years ago uh, for many years. Uh, with a million abortions happening approximately, and we can't ever really know now that chemical abortion's taken over, that's not tracked. So with chemical abortion taking over, you know, there's a million beautiful serenities out there that could be saved, or some atticuses. We, we have the ability to change that in our neighborhood. You know, it might feel too big to say we're going to do the globe, but why not do our neighborhood? Why not make sure our church people are equipped? There you go. Any questions? Yes? Well, where does Ohio stand at this point? The, on abortion? <laughs> I should have looked that up. It's been um, coming and going, and there's a bill right now. I, I do apologize that I don't have that information. I don't believe, I believe abortion, I, um, I'm thinking 12 weeks and beyond or 15 weeks and beyond. Does anybody know this information? Yes. Um, so when Roe v. Wade was overturned, Ohio went with a heartbeat law. Yeah. Um, however, there have been several judges who have put a stay on that. Essentially, it reverses it back to where it was. Yeah. It should be up to 20 weeks in Ohio. Yeah, 20 weeks. So uh, 20 weeks, um, you have a thriving baby. I just read an article yesterday about a thriving baby at 20 weeks that was born and saved, and they did everything humanly possible to save that life. 20 weeks. Survivable outside the womb. Mm -hmm. Other questions? No, we've not seen that. In fact, um, statistically, babies who go through the first part of chemical abortion, but then we surge their systems with progesterone, um, and then we provide that follow-up care, those babies actually have better APGOR scores than the babies who have not had that intervention. I'm not sure what that's all about. I just know that God protects those babies. We do not see, we do not see, um, dismemberment or disfiguration or any disabilities we've not seen that our babies are strong and healthy and they're top of the class babies Zachariah he's like woo, way up here mentally and uh, he almost didn't make it so yeah Yes, and, and let me tell you, pregnancy help centers, pregnancy centers that are in your communities are, are very um, educated on how to help a woman transition. If, she, if she's not happy, I had one of those. She was a star ball player, and she, you know, she felt 
guilty she almost aborted and then she went ahead and brought baby home and about eight weeks later she's like I can't do this and we're like okay why don't why don't we connect you with an adoption agency that has our values because some now some adoption agencies are doing same-sex adoptions and that's not who we refer to but um, they can help walk her through that placement and and perhaps do an open adoption open adoption is a really strong thing now and they can be a part of their child's life just not have all the responsibility of the child's life and uh, that's a great option um, safe haven laws do protect women who want to terminate parental rights and there's all kinds of ways of going about it but I recommend going through a pregnancy center because they are versed in how who who the best agencies are in that community and how to walk through that woman's going to need lots of emotional support going forward and that's where the pregnancy center could provide that yeah there's up in our area there's an organization holding time and what oh, they do is yes. provide uh, about a year for the mom to kind of you know get her some time to get yes. but still be a mom and still be involved with Right. For a period of time just to catch her breath. Yeah. Maybe she's finishing high school. Yeah. She's finishing college. But it, and then she has a relationship with that family who takes care of the baby. Just to like, almost like fostering, but not to yeah. foster system. Yeah. Where is our area? Northeast Ohio. Okay. A lot of communities have have those types of, uh, it's, it's kind of like, um, between this and that kind of program, it's a, it's a bridge program, so to speak, where they will keep a child, if a mom's in high crisis, they'll keep a child for three months while she finds housing and gets a car and those kinds of things. Pregnancy centers are really good about networking. They can often lead a woman to job opportunities. They can help her enroll in school. They can uh, walk her through very difficult things. Um, but that is super uh, helpful when a mom is not sure about placement. Uh, it does give her time to gather her thoughts and really kind of see if she could reorganize her life. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. No limits on abortion. Right. Yes. So basically, you know, um, yes. you know, extreme anti-parent, anti-woman. Um, it wouldn't only just be for mm -hmm. abortion, but like children, you know, having same like uh, sex changes. Like yes. It it's kind of like an all-in-one bill. Yeah, I, I actually um, didn't even think of that, but I know about that bill. And it's, it's, it's anti-family, anti-child, um, anti-health. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. It, it attacks the family unit. It attacks our children one way or another. It's, you need to be speaking up. Pick up the phone, and your churches should be picking up their phones and calling their legislators. They should make sure the person who's in their elected community uh, that's elected on their behalf understands these things. You do just have to do a quick Google search to find it. I'm operating in so many different states, I often don't even have uh, full you know, knowledge of Ohio just right off the bat. But I will say, things are dangerous right now. It's, they are attacking everything, every fiber of our faith and our families. So um, if we could just pick up the phone once in a year 
and let our legislator know. Let our uh, senator know. Let uh, you know our mayor know. If we could do that once or twice a year, what kind of impact would the church have? Uh, I, our center, we had people on call lists, and they would pick up the phone, and we would flood the governor's office. And I'd walk in his office, and she'd say, oh, you're Cindy from Pregnancy Care Center. And I'm like, two thumbs up, because they had been flooded. She said, we've gotten thousands of calls. And I'm like, great. So you have power. You don't have to sit back. You can do things. And, and y as leaders, you should. You should be leading the church. They don't have to do everything, but get involved some way. Start somewhere. Question. Um, you had on your advertisement for that young man in reference to the profile, right? Mm -hmm. What are you doing as far as education and things that would provide men getting involved to do the upfront positions mm -hmm. of those yeah. Um, yeah. advertisements to help out in those areas? Well, we have wonderful fatherhood programs at many of our pregnancy help centers across the nation and the world. I've taught it over in Africa and Italy. Uh, we've been all over with the fatherhood programming. Um, we're teaching men to take responsibility that there's a beautiful thing or that's a, a wonderful thing for them to be able to say I'm a dad even from the very beginning. We're trying to incorporate that, and we do long-term life coaching and long-term mentoring. I had a daddy class where you know, a dad who just had his baby would diaper his baby, and then he'd hand the baby to the new guy, and he'd sit and he'd say, diaper my baby now. I'm going to help you. We had all kinds of programming like that. Many centers have that. And so we're doing our part. I think if, if the church could rise up and begin ta having those conversations again, as well that would only help and maybe people at your church would just go help the fatherhood program or maybe they could say hey you don't have a father program could we start one could we be a part of that um, it's amazing how pregnancy help centers lock the arms of the faith community together and and now we're not going hey that's my person or hey that's my person we're saying hey this is our community let's take care of our community together it's a great question Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it is tough, but I tell you, if you go and you say, we want to be a part of the solution, how can we plug in? I used to have men's groups that would come fix dinner for the fatherhood classes at night. They'd come and fix dinner. They'd be in and out in an hour and a half, and then we would talk about what's the real deal with fatherhood. What, you know, what's that look like? You may not have seen what that looked like. And l let's, let's really look at what a father's role is in leading and investing and how fathers are a primary relationship if we don't have the fatherhood right it can we can really get off track quickly so uh, yes connect that's my goal connect with your local pregnancy center and say to them how can we stand I did have some men's groups that just said I will come in and paint for a weekend or we'll do this we'll do that once they get in the building 
Then we got them. Then they're in. Then they see, oh, this is a magical place. It is. The Holy Spirit rules and reigns in these centers. It's amazing to see how God intervenes on behalf of those young people. Um, I encourage you to make those calls. Any other questions? I know it's about time. There you go. Church down in Kentucky. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, church down in Kentucky uh, with just men. We had about 80 men there. And it was it was multi-generational because wow. the events were boys to men. So there were some high schoolers, there were some private mm-hmm. college age. But we just talked about the issue of abortion and yes. impact. Yes. And then we had them to close their eyes and raise their hands if they have personally been impacted by abortion. Mm-hmm. And probably 15 to 18 hands including the senior pastor. And that's something. You know, who had post-abortion in their backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So we present something like we just talked about that's right. two or three minutes, as wonderful as it is, they've got that post-abortion trauma in their own life. That's right. It's doubtful that they're going to come forward and get involved in any way because they don't want anybody to know. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a step before. Mm-hmm. Step there before you go. I, we have to be creative these days. The world is very creative. They're getting our young people. They're speaking into their lives. So how can we go the distance with that? How can we make that distance? And I appreciate the the long-term leadership you've given in both the state of Ohio and across the country. You've probably been global for all I know. But, I mean, really, it's... I was on your podcast, too. There you go. There you go. Got to listen to our our podcast. Uh, Well, let me pray over you. Lord Jesus... Thank you for reminding us about the value of life. I just ask, Lord, that you would help each individual pray and ask you what they should be doing, what their group should be doing. Uh, Work with their leadership teams, pastors, to figure out what are the next steps, Lord, that you want them to take. You have a mighty army with the Church of Ohio. And as they pray to uh, have Ohio for Jesus... I pray that they would also pray that, that they could do something to preserve life in Ohio as well. We thank you, Lord, for their ministries and all the sacrifices they make now. Uh, give them the direction, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.